four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ELITE and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code ELITE for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. Gentlemen, you are the top 1%. The elite. Best of the best. You are now listening to the Elite Sports Podcast. Brought to you by Vermeil Wines and powered by GASN Sports. The pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk. Featuring weekly expert analysis and top-notch interviews. And now, please welcome your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. Folks, there is a reason that this is called the Elite Sports Podcast. And no, it's not just because Noah Groniger and myself, Clint Schweitzer, are here with you each and every week. We happen to live, Noah, in Kansas City, Missouri, home of the elite gold standard NFL franchise going today. We said it before, the divisional playoff round against the Bills. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And brother, Patrick Mahomes is the man. He is elite. He is the Grim Reaper. So that doesn't bode well for the Cincinnati Bengals coming in. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Elite. We got a lot coming up. We're going to be previewing the AFC and NFC Championship games. Noah, man, there's just something about a game like that that takes you into a whole other stratosphere as a sports fan. You can't believe what you've seen. We've been watching this game a long time. Rare do you step back from a game and say, I've never seen anything like that. That might be the greatest thing I've ever seen, yet here we are. And it's a thin line between victory and defeat because with 13 seconds left, we were on the phone with each other, licking our wounds, talking about, oh man, what do we do now? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Bills, Bengals, oh gosh. And then little do we know, Patrick Mahomes is driving down the field, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, field goal, overtime, win the toss, touchdown, game over. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the AFC Championship game for the fourth straight time. I, I, where did this come from? How is this possible? How is this our lives? We grew up in those great teams of the 90s with Marty Schottenheimer, and they were very successful, but only one AFC Championship. They lost to the Buffalo Bills in 1993. Joe Montana's head hits off the turf. But man, here we are. We cannot take it for granted. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. We are living, like you said, in the golden age of this Chiefs era. It is 
truly unbelievable. It's hard to sometimes take a step back and realize what's happening. You know, like that quote from the office of Andy Bernard on the office said, I wish we knew that we were living in the good old days, you know, while we were still there. And I think chiefs fans, if you're in Kansas city, you need to do just that realize that you are living in the good old days because someday you will look back at this with the utmost reverence, the way that, you know, in the 2010s, we used to look at the nineties, which that was the only time we were ever in playoff games, you know, 13 and three division, you know, number one seeds in, 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 uh, in 1995 and 1997, heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss, the Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts again and again, Yes, <laughs> 30 to seven beatdowns by the Baltimore Ravens at a freezing Arrowhead stadium in 2011. No, we've been there. And this is the mountaintop. And I'll tell you what, looking at this coming up, the Cincinnati Bengals are coming in. They're coming in. They're playing with house money, my friend. They're coming into a Vegas casino, and they're coming in with a fistful of dollars that they, someone just handed to them on the way in. That's what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing following their improbable win at Tennessee. They come to Arrowhead. They come to take on a team that they just beat back in week 17. The tables are turned now, though. Joe Burrow talks a lot about the SEC crowd noise, but he's never seen anything like what's going to be coming his way at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday at 2 p.m. That crowd is going to be so lit for this game. It's unbelievable, and I just can't wait for it to, to unfold, man. The, the Bengals, they've got, they're have got they up against it. I think they're, they're up against it here. That's not just the bias in me. I think they're up against it. Uh, yeah, they are, but uh, the Chiefs need a healthy Rashad Fenton to come back off the injury list uh, from his back injury he tweaks a couple weeks ago. Tyron Matthew to get out of concussion protocol and be back there at safety. They're going to need both those things because the Bengals have the weapons. We've said Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama at tight end, Joe Mixon at running back. I mean, they have got a lot of weapons. We've, they've got Joe Burrow, a great young quarterback. He's going to be a rising star in catch up to a Josh Allen and a Patrick Mahomes in the coming years. But like you said, they're up against it. They're coming into Arrowhead. This is our fourth straight year hosting the AFC championship game. We've been here. We've done that. We've got the experience back-to-back -back Super Bowls, hopefully a third one. And that last game, it was in Cincinnati. They got all the calls. We've talked about that over and over again throughout the weeks, the referees and how bad they were in that game and how much Jamar Chase went off. And just it seemed like Steve Spagnuolo and the defense wasn't ready for what he was able to provide for the Bengals. They're going to have that sewn up this time around, and they're not going to take that for granted and play single coverage, man-to-man -man against him. They're going to have some double teams, some zones, some brackets. So it's going to be a different ballgame, a different animal for the Bengals coming in here. Well, as much as I absolutely adore Jamar Chase, we know what a downfield threat he is. He had three touchdowns, 266 yards in that first matchup uh, in Cincinnati. You know how many touchdowns, Noah, that Jamar Chase has scored since that day? It's got to be six or seven, right? Like yeah. Well, the correct answer is zero. Jamar Chase has not reached the end zone since that day. He's had a couple hundred-yard games. He's a really good receiver, but what happened on that day was what I refer to as the perfect storm of a offense that was absolutely riding a hot hand. Joe Burrow had thrown for, I think, almost a thousand yards in two games, and he was absolutely at the top of his game, but he's coming off of a game, Noah, where he was sacked nine times. The right side of that Bengals offensive line was caved in time and time again by the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs are going to have to get pressure, and they're going to have to do it consistently, and I think this Chiefs team, for all we've seen, I think this year it has all been building to this moment. The three and four start, 
the winning nine out of 10, the questions after the Cincinnati loss, all of that going in, having to be a, a two seed playing in the wild card round. That's beneath us, right? That's beneath the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think it's all built towards this. It's built towards this AFC championship game that's here at Arrowhead for a fourth straight year. And I think it's going to be a game that the Chiefs run away from the Cincinnati Bengals. I think, you know, and I don't think that it's not, this is not me giving, you know, being flippant, not being dismissive of the Cincinnati Bengals. They're very capable. If they play the way they did in Cincinnati week 17, they can absolutely do this. But no, I think that this is going to be like the Titans two years ago. You felt it. And the crowd felt it. The team wanted it. You wanted it. I wanted it. We all did. And it was almost willed into existence. That's what that atmosphere is going to be like this Sunday. Bengals coming in here, man, it is just going to be charged up. And I can't wait for it. And this is why we watch the NFL. That's why 60 million people were watching the end of that Chiefs-Bills game. An average audience of about 42 million. 90% of homes in Kansas City had that of televisions had that game on. That's why we watch. That's why we do this. That's why the sport, that's why the NFL is the king in sports, in the sports world today, my friend. Yeah, the NFL is an absolute monster pulling in that kind of number. I mean, but that game was maybe the greatest game of all time. That's something we haven't mentioned or talked about yet. I mean, there's so many games throughout the years that are great games, but just the back and forth of that and the 25 points in the last two minutes by both teams and the 13 seconds to coming back, the overtime, I mean, it was just sensational. I don't know how you can find a game that's better than that. Maybe you can come up with something that you feel like or can make a case for that's equal to that, but better than that, I don't know how you do it. Just one quick note on the Bengals' defense. Uh, we talked about their offensive firepower and their deficiencies on the defense. Wouzier at corner is a really good corner that's probably going to be matched up against Tyreek Hill a lot. So we're going to have to find, uh, I think, Travis Kelsey in the middle. Jesse Bates at safety is a really good safety that a lot of people don't know his name. They, hopefully they will after this year. He had a, a Pro Bowl season for the Bengals. And uh, he turns the ball over a lot. He gets a lot of interceptions. He's there when the ball is fumbled. And then at the defensive end positions, Trey Hendricks and Sam Hubbard, they can get after your quarterback. So they've got some guys on defense that uh, the Chiefs offense is going to have to deal with. But uh, like you said, it's in Arrowhead. I don't expect that many penalties to go against the Chiefs this time. I think they're just overrun, and it's just too much for them to handle this young Bengals team and their first kind of playoff success. You know, you're right. The Bengals defensively, have some players. They're good up front. They have a couple players in the secondary, but I hear this. I wanted to mention it. Every time the Chiefs play a football game, we've got to talk about when this, you know, in Super Bowl 54, well, how are you going to stop Bosa? And we have to stop Joey Bosa for the Chargers two times a year. Every single team has capable pass rushers, has capable players. The Chiefs just played the number one defense scoring and total defense in the NFL and the Buffalo Bills. So what a team brings defensively it matters not when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and has it since Patrick Mahomes' arrival. If the Chiefs show up and do what they do offensively, and if they are efficient, if they play a clean game, there is no defense in this in today's NFL or in the prior NFL dating back to the I don't know what the uh, the Chicago Cardinals of 1920. I would say that's fair. It's more about the offensive execution than the big, bad, boogeyman defense that's coming in here, whether it be the Bills or Bengals or the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or the 2002 Bucks. It's more about the offensive execution and being where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. And as we saw at the end of the Bills game, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, and Hill are on another level. Football savants, they've got this mental game down. They know everything inside and out of this game plan and this offense. So 
they're they're at their peak right now and they're firing on all cylinders in the Bengals defense. While I did mention some names that can give us problems, if we execute the way we're supposed to and the way I expect us to, it should be no problem carving them up. Wow, that was a Scott Hall reference, and I am here for it. Guys, we got a segment coming up for you here and just after the break. We're going to be talking to our guys on 4-Minute Offense. We're going to bring you to our 4-Minute Offense segment. We're going to be going all in. we got a cast of characters here. You want to talk about a Chiefs-Bengals preview? Well, who better to do that with than two former Chiefs legends and Donnell Bennett and Kimball Landers? Oh, but that's not all. How about former Chief and former Bengal defensive tackle Von Booker? who lives, happens to live in Cincinnati, whose son is a Bengals fan, and our good friend Brian B. Shinen is going to be coming up from Hot 103 Jams, and we're going to be talking about this. We're going to get a, one of the best back and forth you'll hear between a bunch of dudes here in our four-minute offense segment. Stay tuned for it. You're going to enjoy it. Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ELITE and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code ELITE for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in to 13-second offense, everybody. Just kidding. I mean, as great as that drive is, that is, this is four-minute offense. Noah Groniger alongside Clint Schweitzer. The stars of the show down there, Kimball Anders, Donnell Bennett, and our man, our cheese fan, Hot 103 Jams, The Morning Grind with Shay and Shine. That is Brian B. Shining. Kimball, I got to start with you. What did you make of that Bills game, the greatest game ever? I, I think so. That was the best game I've ever seen. I've been being part of watching it anyway. Uh, I know we had some great moments during our time, but that's probably one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I mean, just the way, you know, the funny thing about it, you know, football, what I appreciate about it the most, just when uh, you know, was I mean, coaching, just way, you know, you, know the funny- you come to find out it's, it's the players. And that's one thing. The players got to play the game. So, uh, you know, the last series would happen when I found out a day or two later, like, I can see that though. So that's a, you know that's the beautiful thing about the game. Well, players players make plays. That's the only way you can do it on the field. Well, we're also pleased to be joined by former Chief and former Bengal Vaughn Booker. Vaughn, what's up? You're right in the heat of battle here. You've we've got a choice to make, and I know you. We know where your heart lies, my man. But we've got Chiefs Bengals coming up this weekend. You played for both teams. First off, just kind of talk about what it was like playing for both franchises and kind of what you see coming up here on Sunday at Arrowhead? Uh, first of all, I mean, as far as organizations, I just personally feel like the Chiefs organization is one of the best in the whole NFL. So in comparison, when I played for the um, Bengals, it was like night and day. I, I, I assume they fixed some things around there because they get some quality players that want to come to Cincinnati now, and they're, they're actually a good team this year. 
Yeah, and Donnell, I want to go to you and kind of your thoughts on that Bills game. What you saw, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left on their own 25-yard line and two timeouts. Game's over, right? No, not with Patrick Mahomes. Not so fast, my friend. They get in field goal range, go to overtime, win the coin toss, win the game. I mean, the emotions, man, it's just got to be ecstatic. Yeah, it was good, man. It was fun to watch, man. A lot of good football, um, a lot of good coaching. You know, you, you getting guys second-guessing, saying, okay, you shouldn't have kicked the ball into the end zone. You know, but I say, you know, I, I feel like Andy Reid and them guys probably had one of them plays set up where they laterally, laterally and, and do all that crazy stuff. So either way you go, you still got to go out there and win the game. I mean, the only turnover Josh Allen had was the, the flip of the coin. If the flip of the coin was the other side, it could be different. But that's a part of the game. And we, we petitioned after it happened to us two years ago to change the rules. And nobody listened to us. So, you know, and then if we were on the on the good end of it this year, so that's a part of the game, man. I don't even believe in all that stuff. I think the game should always be decided on the people on the field. I don't think we should bring in outside, you know, replays and all this stuff. If, if somebody get it wrong, they get it wrong. That's a part of the game. They told us don't let the refs be a part of the game. Yeah, and Brian, uh, just going to you, just what were your reactions, emotions after watching that game? I mean, it comes down, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are playing so well, 25 points by both teams in the last two minutes. I mean, just kind of your emotions after that. Man, the stars came to play. We said it in the pregame. Your stars got to come. 15, you know he came to play. 10, he came to play. 87, you know he was there. 95, he, he made an impact. The defense, you know, uh, it's Josh Allen, man. He was he has something to prove. He's a superstar like Patrick is. But uh, fortunately, your quarterback is good, but ours is better. Uh, and I think the Chiefs stars really came out and shine. I want to make one note, though. I don't think that game is goes that way if Tyron Matthews is in the game. I really mm. don't. I, I don't. I, I think he makes more of an impact on that defense than we know. Uh, I think we know it now because of the result of the game, but with the way that Josh Allen's was able to go down and slice and dice, uh, thanks to my man Armani Watts, he was getting in there, but I think he was a little he was a little befuddled on some of those plays. So uh, hopefully the defensive backfield could come back in the AFC Championship game versus the Bengals, but the superstars came out and shined. Vaughn, I want to go to you on this because – Obviously, the Chiefs defense faced a tall challenge there, trying to contain a Josh Allen who's uh, just so deadly with his legs. He led his team in rushing, as did Patrick Mahomes. But Josh Allen at 6'6", the way he's able to get outside the pocket and move, get downfield, he doesn't just run for first downs. He runs for 20, 30 yards downfield. As a defensive tackle, you know, these days, quarterbacks are in the shotgun. There's no under center, seven-step drops to get pressure up the middle. As a defensive tackle, how much has that changed these days where someone like, you know, a Chris Jones or Jaron Reed trying to like stay disciplined, stay in their lane, try to contain, not only play the run, but understand that this quarterback could take off at any minute. And he's six, six, he's way faster than you. And what, what exactly do you do there? Right. I know it is a big difference from when I played um, the defensive line position has grown tremendously. Uh, it's like, we have a lot of junior Derek Thomas's plan that you know these days <laughs> whereas opposed it was it was rare to have a Derek Thomas but um these guys I think our, our front guys they get off they get after the ball pretty good um as far as the run I just don't like the way we we sometimes start the game off slow 
you know, I, I would prefer we just be in the locker room before the game and just hit each other for a quarter, you know, just so we can be prepared at the beginning of the game. But football overall has changed. Rules have changed. Um, the game is more exciting, offensive, still offensive based. So these guys have adjusted well. And I think we have one of the best D linemen in the league in Chris Jones. Yeah, and Kimball, I want to go to you on the offensive side of the ball and kind of the run game, what you saw out of the addition of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back from injury. Of course, Jarek McKinnon was in there. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is seven runs for 60 yards. What did you see from him coming back and the run game as a whole? I think that's a great comeback for, for him. Uh, as you see, when we're in the ball, you'd be much better on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think they still should get the ball in his hand more, get the ball in one running back hands a little more with the run game. And getting that back as a, as a tool, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a weapon that you can have because if you're able to run the ball, you set it up for everything else. And so I think you know the focus should be moving forward, uh, trying to get whoever in that backfield more uh, totes and running running the ball, particularly, you know, because they got the, they got the the right system to make sure the gaps are there. I mean, and they set it up really good the way they do the offense, and it's 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 a tricky offense. It's pass oriented lead now. But at the same time, uh, I still believe we got to, you got to establish a run game. Yeah, and Donnell, to you, I want to kind of go more on the Derek McKinnon route. We saw late in the game, there was a nice screen there by Patrick. He had to pump it, hold it a little bit uh, for the line to get a little closer to him so he could get it over him, get it to Jarek, and he goes down the sideline for a huge gain. Uh, what have you seen out of Jarek McKinnon, especially uh, the tail end of the season where he's coming up big? Yeah, I, I like his play. <clears throat> you know, he he's almost like a, a fourth a fifth receiver on the field, man, because he's so dynamic in the passing game. Um, then you can motion him back to the backfield and, and give yourself a chance to really see what they're trying to do on defense. So, you know, I like it, man. I, I think Clyde came in and, you know, he has some fresh legs there for some some nice sparks into the offense, man, and he looked good. He looks, he looks quick, fast, explosive, ready to go. So I, I think – Moving forward, like Kim was saying, man, we need to find a way to make sure both of those guys get a, a good amount of touches. Do you guys ever just kind of look back and look at what's happening and just marvel in, in what's happened here? Because Patrick Mahomes now has eight playoff wins since joining the Chiefs in 2018. I think the Chiefs had like four between 1970 and 2015, guys. It's incredible. You guys were all on great teams. Uh, over the years in Kansas City, is do you just look back at that and you know how hard it is to win in the playoffs? You guys have all been there and had suffered heartbreaking losses, and and that's with a great head coach like Marty Schottenheimer. Do you just look at this, Vaughn, and say this is you know? Do, do you never see anything like this? I mean, what, what, how do you feel when you relate it to your own career and how hard it is to win in the playoffs? To how easy Patrick Mahomes is making it look. Once again, I just know that the game has changed. You know, when we were playing. Um, Going to the playoffs, it was almost a given for us. You know, we were a pretty good team. We knew we were good. We knew our defense were good. was good. We had great running backs in Donnell and Campbell to, you know, compliment Marcus Allen. So, and in comparison, today's game is faster. It's more exciting. You know, Patrick is unbelievable. You know, I'm a number one fan of Patrick Mahomes, you know, so <laughs> – I, I'm serious. When 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 the people here in Cincinnati come around me, I don't allow no Bengals, no Bengal people in my house. Not even my son. My son can't even come over to the season over. So, you know, I take it very seriously. I, I dare my neighbors to mess with my house because I got my flag out there. But you know, the game is different. It's more exciting. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 
and Eric Bieniemy and the plays that they put together is just incredible. I'm just a true fan of, of today's team. And Brian, uh, kind of going to the fan perspective, longtime fan perspective, you're right there with uh, Clinton myself. What does this mean to you, a fourth straight home AFC championship game? Mm. I mean, it's impossible, right? We grew up, we, we've been through the heartaches of all the years, through the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, what's going on right now? How great is this team and how are they doing it? Well, first off, Von Booker, just give you some, one of those old red and gold 99s, man. He'll convert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that we need to cherish what we have right now, man. We are – the 60s was the golden age of Chiefs football, those early Super Bowl teams. And then, you know, now I think this is the golden age now. I really do. So I think we got to we gotta drink up as much of this as possible because uh, this is unprecedented. Four straight. At home, seriously, first quarterback ever to do it. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, we, we've seen him do it in Philadelphia before. But we really got to take this in, enjoy it, soak it in, buy all the merchandise, get all the Super Bowl shirts you can get, get all the banners, well, if we make it to the Super Bowl. But, you know, if we do, just buy everything, enjoy it, live in it, bask in it, because I'm certainly doing it. Kimball, you guys were a part of a team. This is before Donnell got there, 93-94. You guys beat the Buffalo Bills um, in the, in, during that 93 season, and you got to go on the road to Buffalo. It's frozen, and it's uh, in you know January of 94. Joe Montana, famously, the you know, head hits off the turf, and he's knocked out of the game. What's the mindset for a team like you guys and what the Bengals might be facing here this Sunday in, in that you beat a team at home, during the regular season, but you know when you go on the road, it's a completely different animal, and you're up against it, a team that's been there and done it, whereas like in 93, just like the Bengals now, they hadn't been there. They were fresh. You know, they were green as grass, as they say. What, what do you think that mindset's going to be like well, for them, well, similar to what you guys had, right? It's, it's very similar. I mean, the situation is now it's, it's a different season. It's the playoffs, and that's what it's all about. And you don't have an opportunity. Once you make a mistake of losing the playoffs, you want it done. So, you know, since the urgency of everything they do and, and, and coming in and trying to win in Arrowhead as the Chiefs has proven that they've been proven winners in Arrowhead, that's going to be a very hard task for them to do. And especially the way right now, the way we're playing. You know, I love what we're doing now overall and coming together and, and making plays and learning how to win. And one thing about being a champion, you know, I feel that the Chiefs know how to win. And we know that they've been proven to win in tough situations, tough games when they get close like that. And, and they proved that last week that, you know, no matter what the situation was, it wasn't, it wasn't too big for them. And that's, that's what separates. We lost you there, Kimball for a second. Uh, guys, when it comes down to it, that you also have the Rams and Niners here, um, Donnell. So this is kind of a crazy situation for the chiefs because they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their home stadium last year. They played the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54. So you either get a rematch of Super Bowl 54 or you play another team in their home stadium. How crazy is that? And who do you see coming out of that uh, NFC side this weekend? Man, it's going to be crazy, man. Um, you know, you you, you want to go with the Rams because of that defensive line, but it's it's San Fran got something we don't know about. I mean, to go into a game uh, – the Debo win on three. Yeah. <laughs> they got Debo. Uh, That's special teams playing. Now Debo's a dude. Now like, he's, he, he's a bully. Don't get me wrong, but 
it's something special about that team. I don't know what it is, man. I, you know, I, I'm gonna go with the Rams because that that's what it the game tells me to do, man. But I, I wouldn't. I, I just, I mean, that defense in San Francisco that and the resolve of that team, like you, you gotta, you gotta be be looking out for them, bro. Hey, hey, Donnell, I'm right with you, fam. It's something about that Niners team. It is Debo Samuels. It is Kittle. But that defense, Fred Warner, <laughs> 97 coming off the edge, Bosa. That defensive line is, is ferocious. Uh, they got athletic linebackers. It is something special about that defense. The defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan, uh, Ryans, right? Ryans? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, all of a sudden now he's up for head coaching jobs. But I got the Niners winning. McVay mm. cannot beat Shanahan. He can't. Lost his I don't last think he's six. done it since they started coaching against each other. So uh, I think the Niners got what it takes. They got the running game. De- Debo Samuel is – I think he's established himself as a top ten, maybe top five player in the league this year. Mm. He's really transformed that 49ers team, in my opinion. Yeah, and what I see about the team overall, it's about the attitude. They got this, like I said, yeah. swag about themselves, and they're not backing down for no one. And they've been, they been the bullet. They've been acting like Debo for real. And that's the mentality they're taking, and it's just it shows up in the game. And that I think that's what's so special about it. But that defensive line, bro. Yeah. Like that defensive yeah. line, like that's it's the only position. But I think that's the only position in the in the teams that are still playing. I think like that's the only position, like you just gotta give the best defensive line playing now is, is the Rams. And I, I, I as good as the Chiefs are playing as a team collectively. But them four people coming out the ball yeah. with that blue and yellow, they come yeah. in. Aaron bro. Donald, 94. Uh, it, yeah, just oh, a, a in, monster. I don't even know who the third dude name is. Man. I mean, <laughs> Ramsey did hey, got beat last week, though. I mean, huh? he got beat pretty bad against Mike Evans. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean – I, I don't even want to get into that, but bro, that defensive line, bro. Yeah, it's nasty. That's it's a problem. Like that's the one thing that I think. Like it's it's a lot of good quarterbacks playing. Both teams can say my quarterback, whatever. Now you know, I, my running back is just as good as yours. You know, my defense, whatever. But that defensive line clearly is an advantage over all the four the all four teams that are still playing. Yeah, but you know, you know they're gonna find a way to slow that down at some point, though. And, and that's all. That's all we got to do now. And listen, that, that's, all they got to do is start chip, chip blocking, blocking on the way out. Don't forget you about start chip blocking both got... on the way out. You you make him restart his feet. Yeah, that, I mean he's gonna get his plays just because he's Bosa, but right. you can't forget about him. Even if you're gonna run away from him, I think you still got to pay attention to him because he'll run from sideline to sideline on you. And on the other side, with with Von Miller being there just closing the gap, meeting each other at the quarterback. Once he got acclimated to, you know, what the Rams were doing, he's been showing up ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if he's not getting the pressure, he's he's, he's pushing on another guy into the sack. So, I mean, he's been a great addition. Yeah, and Kimball on the other side, on the AFC, the Bengals come in here. They beat us in Week 17 in Cincinnati. They're coming in here. They're a young team, but this is an arrowhead the Chiefs have been in this spot for the last four years. We mentioned that their fourth AFC championship game in a row at home, the last two Super Bowls. I mean, this has just got to be the more experienced team coming out on top, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I believe. You know, we have that advantage. 
But also, one thing I do know as a player, you got to play the game. Uh, I, I believe it's going to be a, a, a good game. It's going to probably be going down to a similar situation last week. Last play, last team, last team at the ball may win, you know. So it's going to be, you know, I don't foresee it just being a blowout because they coming in, uh, you know, taking care of their business as well. So I can just see the game going down to the wire, and it should be exciting. It might be one of those those heartbeat type of games where you're going to be losing your mind, but uh, you know, hopefully come out with the with the win. Vaughn, I know you live in the Chiefs bubble force field there, but tell us like what the what the mood is like, what the fervor is like. <laughs> around the Cincinnati Bengals right now, what's the city, you know, what's kind of the collective mood? Do they feel like they're playing kind of with house money after going to Tennessee, Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times and to still be able to stand up and win that? I mean, what's the, what's the Cincinnati, what's the mood like right there right now? The whole city is at a buzz. I mean, they are geeked here, extremely geeked. They, it's been so long since they even been in the playoffs that they every win is like the Super Bowl to them. So they're going to approach this next game just like it's their Super Bowl. I don't want us to take them lightly. They, they are a good team. Game. They're going to come in there. They're going to be ready to play. And we just – I think it's going to come down to the, the fewest mistakes made. The team that hurts themselves the less, the least, is going to probably win this game. Um, as far as quarterbacks, of course, I'm going to go with ours. They have a great receiver and chase that they really rely on, and he's fast as heck. But I think with Honey Badger being back there – especially now having some film on those guys, he's going to, you know, get our guys ready for that. I think Big Dirty Dan is going to have a big game. Every time we don't expect anything from him, here comes Dirty Dan. <laughs> oh, I don't expect anything from him, so I guess you're right, Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I want to talk about the right tackle and the right guard for the Bengals, okay? Because last week they were getting – just told yep. off from the flow up. Okay, yep. he didn't get nine sacks from not <laughs> from 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 not going from going out the pocket or something. He was just he didn't have any time to throw. Joe Burrow didn't. So I'm looking for Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram and company and Chris Jones to have a huge day. And fellas, I'm look, I'm 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 a very humble guy. I'm down to earth. I think we're gonna blow these guys out. I really do. I think the Chiefs. We like Vaughn. You said it earlier. Got film on them. Yeah. I think they know what to do in those third and long situations and not bring an all-out blitz and play man coverage against the hottest rookie receiver in the league. I think uh, Spags learns from his mistakes. And I, I, I really see the Chiefs moving away from the Bengals in the third quarter or so. Hmm. It's going to be hard to get, um, get Chris Jones to flip sides this game. <laughs> After seeing that that game tape from um, – from last week. I mean, he's, I know he's licking his lips waiting on that guard. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I expect for him to get about two or three sacks. Yeah, that's what I say too, man, is, is looking at the last game, man, and, and knowing, I mean, they can go out and get somebody, but it's, it's hard to find somebody now that's going to be able to hold up. And, you know, we're going to have to double chase. And those long mm -hmm. yardage situations, man, we got to, Rely on that front four, double chase, and take some chances on some other guys, you know, making plays. But we cannot let those two things, those two key defensive aspects, not be exploited in the game. That, that, yeah. that is an absolute must. Yeah, Definitely. don't forget, they got a couple more weapons now. They got a good running back. Oh, you yeah. Higgins. Yeah, yeah mixing all right. But make him beat me. Like Mason gotta beat me. If he gonna beat me, okay, yeah, we gotta I, make I an adjustment. I'd rather see if he could beat me. I agree with you on that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I try to make the adjustment that, but going into the game, number one is not going to have a chance to beat me on no long paid plays. And right. then whatever number Burroughs is, like, we got to get after his behind. Yeah. Brian, do you think that we sort of witnessed a perfect storm for the Chiefs to lose that game in Cincinnati? Because to me, it was literally a case of everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Byron Pringle gets a kickoff return for a touchdown call back. You have you know, past. I'm still seeing flags flying, pass interference, holding in the defensive secondary, the entire, you know, last drive. We know how that went. Do you think that, that for them to have won that game right there, for them to secure the AFC North that day, the way they did that, it was sort of a perfect storm. And that to try to replicate that, to try to do it on the road, especially the NFL guys has done away with two things that I think has really helped these playoffs. There's no COVID and there's no flags. We're good. Right. <laughs> Man, the no flags last week was refreshing, wasn't it, gentlemen? Wasn't yes, it? Yes, sir. It was beautiful. And and um, I mean, there was a hold here and there. I remember 39 was holding Tyreek on one of his long touchdown runs. He but he got was. away with it. But the point of the matter is uh, Joe Burrow made a mistake this week. First off, let me answer your question. I'll get to the Joe Burrow mistake later. Your first question, um, repeat the question again, Clint. Do, do you believe it was a per, uh, like a perfect storm that, yeah. the, that lined up for the Bengals the first time? Yeah, I really do. I think that didn't, she's got ahead by like three possessions at some point in that game. I believe it was in the second quarter or so. Chiefs got up three possessions. Of course, you know, Chase goes off, start making mistakes for the Chiefs. You get the the, the holding penalty on Zane Anderson on that on that kick return you mentioned from Byron Pringle. So there were a lot of spooky things. And you reminded me of, of, of the last minute of the game where the refs just totally boxed the end of that game. I think the Bengals got away one. That's fine. You can have that. But now in the championship game, none of that's going to happen. I, at least I don't think it will. Um, and, and, and I want to say this. Joe Burrow made a mistake. Young man, You yes, you are from the SEC. And, yes, those stadiums are like <laughs> yeah. right? But, sir – and, and you three gentlemen can attest to this. Yes, sir. I've been on that field multiple times in, in the prime of Arrowhead Stadium when it was its loudest. Okay, you ain't seen nothing or heard nothing like Arrowhead Stadium, Joe Burrow. And he challenged the fans, and that's something you can't do with Kansas City. Nah. You cannot do that. Mm. I believe the fans are going to be belligerent Saturday night going into Sunday morning. <laughs> okay, they're going to be in Arrowhead at midnight Sunday morning waiting to get in that parking lot and take a piece of Joe Burrow's head off. We And I know we're happy we got the early game on that. So I think that's going to be a big X factor for Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals. He opened up something that he shouldn't have. Hey, they're going to they be at the hotel Saturday night. Oh, my I'll goodness, bro. Oh, yeah, he, he don't understand, bro. <laughs> he don't understand the hornet's nest that he just shook. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be exciting, man. I, I you know, I, I can't wait to get there, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I agree with you, B. I think at some point in this game, I think one of the, the, the stars are gonna just have a dynamic game on offense. I don't know who it is. I that I just feel like Tyreek or maybe McKinnon, maybe, maybe it's Clyde. Somebody gonna have a big game this week because i think the way they they try to play defense a little bit it's gonna give those guys some some opportunities for runs after the catch man and and i see at some point late second early third quarter i think the chiefs gonna pull away and it'll be a pretty decisive win man yeah and we've talked about not taking this era for granted patrick mahomes for granted so 
it's a three minute clip. I want to go back to that final 13 seconds and then kind of go a little bit behind the scenes. You see kind of what Travis Kelsey was doing. Maybe he orchestrated that last 13 seconds. So we're going to take a look at this and then we're going to come back and view the contrast of that years ago and why we shouldn't take this for granted. So let's watch this. It's Chris Jones who shakes his head. Can't believe it. Can't believe that, they that defense get... got beaten up like that. So this Here's Hill. Hill. They're going to have a chance. And we call timeout quickly. They actually have a chance to get Bucker in field goal range here. Chiefs, wow. This is, that was a great play call. Picked up 19 to win it now. They need about 15 yards to have one of those long-range Hail Mary kicks. Got to throw it right away right now to someone in the middle. Down the middle. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a 48-yard attempt. Only 48 yards. That's what it'll be. Just when Kelsey moved his leverage inside, I was like, he's going to throw this right here over the middle quickly. And how, does, how do you let him get that open? It's because you're protecting the end zone a little bit for some reason. But honestly, rushing four guys, I don't love. He's got to throw it instantly. Rush. You put one guy on Kelsey, run that same defense, but that extra rusher should be guarding someone. You're not going to get to him. Wow. Only Mahomes gets you in an easy field goal range. It's going to be 49 yards is what it is. 49 yards to send it to overtime. Harrison Butker. I'm so nervous. So are hundreds of thousands around the planet. The kick is good. It's going to overtime. Whatever quarterback has the ball last will win. Oh, well, guess what? They'll just... Give me three seconds. I'll just get down and, oh, my gosh, this is the most perfect quarterback play to finish a full quarter, like, maybe ever. I mean, this is unbelievable back and forth. Big plays, smart plays. Oh. Well, if Buffalo doesn't win this game, they're going to rue the fact that Mahomes had only 13 seconds starting at his own 25-yard line, and he was able to get all the way down to the 31 of the Bills against the number one defense, number one pass defense in the league. Remember back in the day when everyone used to be like playing it safe, you know, the two men, like the protecting. Ten. They might, they might man you up. They, I'm saying go outside and come back in like you're running a, a route outside. That way when you come back in, I can get in the way. We have a chance to get Bucker in field goal range here. Hey, hey. They play it like that. That seam is open. Eight seconds left, down three. So, Kimball, just starting uh, there with you, just talk about that offense. Travis Kelsey, what he was able to do, a football savant out there, kind of telling Tyreek what he sees, what he's able to do. And then on his own route, man, if they're going to play it like that, I got the seam. And Patrick Mahomes says, do it, do it, we got it. Hey, that, that is smart football. There's a team that know what's going on at all times. You can see even before the, before we went over, before we went to overtime that everybody was calling timeline. They knew exactly what was going on. Everybody's on the same page. And then, you know, the communication amongst the players. Like I said, one thing at the end of the day, we have to play the game. 
So they've been very well coached, but they understand the game. They get a lot of film and, you know, they make it happen. So, you know, it's hard to say, but if they, if they don't make it work, then uh, it'd be blamed on them. But at the same time, oh, yeah. they went out and took a chance and, and they, they made it work. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the beat about football because it's more of a mental thing than just physical, you know? So being in, in that caliber of, of play, that's what you got to make a tough decision. And they went on and made it and it worked out for them. So yeah, John L. Did you have anything to add to that? Anything you saw? No, I mean, just like Kimball said, man, those guys out there playing the game and the, and to be on a team where um, I think we was talking about it earlier um, backstage, where coach relies on the players to play the game and they coach the game. You know, that's what it's all about, man. It was um, in every aspect. I think the officiating was good. I think the, the coaching was good, and the, and the plan was damn good. So. You 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 can't ask for anything more than that in the game. And then Vaughn on the defensive side of the football uh, for the Buffalo Bills, they play four down linemen, which I thought was interesting. You know, Mahomes has to get rid of the ball quickly because of the time on the clock. Uh, they're playing the outsides uh, for the out of bounds. They're playing deep so they don't get beat over their heads for a touchdown. But they leave the middle wide open when they know the Chiefs have a timeout, or maybe that's why they played that. They didn't realize the Chiefs still had a timeout. What did you see on the defensive side of the ball for the Bills in that last 13 seconds? I think they um they were trying to make us use our timeout, give us the middle of the field so we can take as much of the clock off as as possible. Um, I think it was a mistake on their part. Whether we get the sideline or the timeout, we're going to stop the clock and have a chance to win the game with a field goal. Giving up the middle did nothing for them. Um, as far as Kelsey calling his own plays, I think that's just an extension of him being a coach on the field. You know, for the coaches. We learn, we see so much in, in film study to where once we notice something, sometimes we don't have time to relay that back to the sideline. Hey, quarterback, this is what I'm seeing. If you see that, let's go with it. And it worked out great. Well, we, we just witnessed uh, two plays and 40 yards to send a game to overtime. Noah, Brian, we know that things weren't always quite so rosy when it came to trying to attempt a comeback. Uh, we have a little clip prepared to sort of contrast – what happened on Sunday versus what happened? Uh, no, this was, I believe, from oh, 2014 no. against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, seven yards and seven plays. Oh, no, no, no. 75, 75 was terrible that game on the line. It's impossible. We have to. We have to do it. Here it is. Seven oh, yards and seven is. plays. No. We love this game. The Chiefs, out of timeouts, have plenty of time to get down the field and get themselves in field goal range. 109 to play. Smith looking to the sideline, throws complete to Charles out of bounds. Going the other way, and that is complete and brought down to the 30-yard line, and they'll wind the clock. Jason Avant couldn't reach the sideline. Well, it's interesting to see Alex Smith, that's a three-step throw. It's a quick out route, and Lorenzo Alexander was all over Alex Smith, taking him to the ground right after that throw. The pressure is continuing on Alex Smith. Smith, quick slant, that is complete for the first down across the 35 to Avant. 35 seconds to play. You would think they're going to have to spike it. They're just continuing to use up clock here. They're moving receivers from one side to the other, wasting a lot of time. Threw it away, which could have been done. Could have spiked it seconds ago, sure. 
Ball start. Offense, number 72. That's Eric Fisher, the left tackle. You're going to have to take a shot, especially if the Cardinals bring pressure. Take up the shot up the field and try and get a either a big completion or a pass interference. Quick pass to the far side and through the hands of Albert Wilson. Smith, deep sideline, pattern incomplete. On the blitz, incomplete over the middle. And that'll do it. He's trying to dump it to a crossing route with 11 seconds left. The clock's going to run out either way. Captain Checkdown, Brian, I can just see on your face you have a lot to say, so I'm going to go to you. <laughs> First off, I, I vividly remember that game because Jamal Charles, it was the Eric Berry game because Bruce Arians had wore like a Eric Berry shirt because that was after Eric Berry had cancer after the Thursday night football game against the Raiders. So that's why this game is very vivid. It's also vivid because Jamal Charles got like a 60-yard runoff in this game, and Travis Kelsey fumbled at the end before that drive. It's, yeah. it, it, it was before that drive. We didn't have much time left. He fumbled. They punted. And then 75, Mike McGlynn. He's another reason why I remember that game. He was awful. And the reason why he was awful, I was looking at the highlights. He was going against Calais Campbell. So I totally understand now. But, you know, Alex Smith missing that uh, screen to the left to Albert Wilson, that 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 really um, – that, 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 that stood out to me because Patrick doesn't miss those screens like that. You hit that screen, I think that the Cardinals have to play differently at that point. So – not <laughs> I love Alex Smith. I really do, and I love what he did for our organization. He really brought uh stability after the likes of Matt Castle and uh and the other cast of characters that we had at quarterback. Uh I don't miss those days where in the fourth quarter we were down by you know more than three. It was kind of iffy on we was gonna get it done or not, but you really gotta appreciate Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do. He got 40 yards and you said in what in less than 13 seconds. seconds yeah. 10, yeah. So that was uh the exact opposite of what we just witnessed on Sunday. And um to, to think that Trent Green, I think, there said, Well, they've got plenty of time. Well, we sure did. There was a minute nine on the clock. <laughs> I can't I mean it was just unbelievable to, to think about that. Seven yards. <laughs> Uh, wow. You know, and, and look at that. Look at how the defense was playing Alex Smith, too. I wish Patrick Mahomes could see a defense like that, boy. Lord. Yeah. Well, Patrick Mahomes values time and yards, and he knew what he had to get and how much time he had to get it. And Alex Smith was just taking what the defense gave him. He didn't value the time, the yards that he needed to get into field goal range to tie that game. He's just, I'm taking what the defense gives me. Hopefully, my guys can get out of bounds, do whatever. He didn't clock the ball. He's trying to move receivers to the other side. Didn't value time or yardage, and that's why we lost a lot of those close games. I don't know if y'all noticed it, but that first run he had, he was moving, bro. <laughs> I, I I did not know he was that fast. That oh, first one he had down on the left side, Mahomes. he was moving, bro. I think that's the fastest I've ever seen Mahomes run. Bro, he was moving, bro. I, I know the defense was like, dang, I ain't know he was that fast. He put he his head down. The Titans in that AFC championship like game. He got that touchdown. That's although he never really had a chance to take off and just straight line on that one. I mean, he he maneuvered to the sidelines, bound off a guy. You know, there was a lot more maneuvering on that one. Just an unbelievable run. But this one time, like actually to take off straight line speed ahead. I don't know if we've seen seen that quite yet. Yeah, and I mean, both bro. quarterbacks led their teams in rushing. 
which is crazy. Yeah, he, was moving. he was moving now. Uh, it's going to be insane, guys. This is this is what we do it for. This Sunday is why we do what we do. This is why you play football. It's why you talk about football. It's the AFC Championship game. We can't wait, guys. We can't thank everyone enough for joining us here on 4-Minute Offense. It is a wonderful pleasure each and every week to have our cast of characters that wind up joining us. We've we've run the gambit this year, guys, and we uh, hope we have some more to do because we hopefully have a Super Bowl coming up to talk about here in L.A. Guys, thanks so much for being a part of 4-Minute Offense. Take her easy and enjoy the games, guys. All right, right man. See you this weekend. I'll see you, Kimball. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. If you didn't take our word for it, you heard our four-minute offense segment, Kimball Anders, Dunnell Bennett, Vaughn Booker, who, by the way, I don't know what it was about Vaughn. It sounded to me like he had a mic that was, like, better than our setup here that we've spent years perfecting and, like, hundreds of dollars to try to create a setup. <laughs> Vaughn Booker sounded like he was in the room. Well, he, we had him on early the season. He was just on his phone, kind of outside. It looked like maybe on a porch swing or just a chair on his uh, front porch there. Maybe he realized, man, these guys got a nice setup. I got to do something. I'm not going to spend the money, but I've got this magic. I got this know-how, and I'm going to have a better mic uh, than they do when I get him, come on next. Well, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Rams Niners. It's the NFC Championship game. It has all the implications in the world. Well, on us, on the Chiefs, because we will be at Super Bowl 56 in LA. We're leaving, uh, I think, February 9th to head down there for Radio Row. We're going to be going to all the parties. We're going to be credentialed for all the great events for the first time. And to say that that's an honor is an understatement. We can't thank all of our listeners, people that follow us at Starcade Media, our major website. That's just a testament to everybody that's ever supported us or listened to us. We can't thank you guys enough. Now, Niners, Rams. It's either the Chiefs uh, you know, or Bengals playing a team at their home stadium in the Rams or uh, you know, a hungry, rabid fan base that's coming a couple hours down south from San Francisco there that's going to be hungry perhaps for a rematch against the Chiefs from Super Bowl 54 or a chance to, of, a chance to go 3-0 against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals if you think about what was it, 82 and uh, 89 uh-huh. uh, for the Joe Montana and the, and the Niners over the Bengals. So Either way here, we got uh, some some real storylines here. The Rams, to me, have gone about this differently than any team that exists in the NFL today. It's all been built like an NBA team, <laughs> right? Go buy, yeah. buy this guy. They went and bought Matt, Matthew Stafford. They got... Uh, On Miller, to- Jalen Ramsey, Odell Beckham. <laughs> yeah. So what wins out here does... The, the Niners, who have just built this roster with Kyle Shanahan, and now they got Debo Samuel, guys that they're homegrown talent they've brought in, and they've really built this. They traded for Jimmy G a few years back. That's still a, a mystery in some ways. But how do you see this playing out? I We know the record. It's Kyle Shanahan 6-0 and in this deal. But- yeah, Shanahan 6-0 and versus McVay. If you go player for player, quarterback for quarterback, and they're playing at home, I got to choose the Rams. But it's hard to ignore that 6-0 and Shanahan over McVay. I mean, they've still got capable players. You mentioned them, Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa. I mean, they've got guys over there, but it just it seems like the Rams are overwhelming with Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd. I mean, Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner receiver this year. I mean, catches, yards, touchdowns for Cooper Cup. Stafford and him have a great connection. I don't know. I can't compute it in my head how the Niners are 6-0 versus the Rams, especially 2-0 this season now that they've had the Stafford acquisition. 
I, I guess I got to go Niners. I, I <laughs> Shanahan just has something over McVay where McVay's just handicapped and can't come up with a way to beat him. I, you know, I'm leaning Niners myself. I've had to like talk myself into this when it first, you know, when the Rams, you know, took care of it, you know, they, they were able to hold off the, uh, the bucks. And then we saw what the Niners were able to do. And just an incredible, really improbable victory over the Packers, sending them packing pun intended. Good. I was like, well, you know, you, you like you said, you, the the talent. There's a talent discrepancy here. The Rams are at home. I don't know. I don't really know if I trust LA fans. I don't know what what I'm looking at Definitely. when I watch games at SoFi Stadium. Like, I don't know what percentage of this are, are traveling fans piling in there. People that are just off the streets that are celebrities you just want to go in. And I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know, especially when the Chargers play there. I don't. I don't know what what this is. In LA, I don't know what LA is as a sports town. To be honest with you, I don't trust it. I don't like it. There's too much entertainment there. There's too much. It's too spread out. There's too many sports teams from you know the north all the way up to Sacramento, all the way down south to San Diego. There's sports teams sprinkled all over the formerly great state of California. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking at when it comes to Rams or Chargers fans playing at SoFi. I don't know. What I do know is it's going to be a battle. We saw the Rams led 17 nothing. Uh, and week 18 before the 49ers stage that comeback. So I, I, I don't, your guess is as good as mine. Um, Niners <laughs> talking <laughs> myself into it. Sounds very confident. If uh, you're a betting man, uh, take all your money out and put it down on that confident Niners that uh, <laughs> just gave you there. So, <laughs> Oh guys. Well, we can't thank you guys enough for being with us all season long here on the elite sports podcast. We want you to make sure that you hit up our social medias, you can go to our Elite Sports Podcast page, and our main page is Starcade Media, right? That's our website. It's our Twitter, Starcade Media. That is the main media umbrella to which everything we do falls under. So if you want to get our archive podcasts and articles and interviews, it's all right there. Um, our YouTube channel, Starcade Media, you can see videos of things like, well, this right here, this podcast. We've got in a video format, our four-minute offense segment that you heard. It's, it's all on video. So go check it out. Our subscribers on YouTube get that stuff, especially for you. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are looking forward to what is going to be an epic weekend here. It's championship weekend. Sports doesn't get any better than it does right here during the month of January when college basketball is heating up. You've got the NFL playoffs. You've got the NBA full bore. NHL is going. Uh, uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting soon, I hear, Noah. Yes. That's a big one. <laughs> Regardless, thank you so much for joining us here on The Elite. We'll be back next week talking Super Bowl 56 because that's going to be our focus the next couple weeks here on Snorkey Media and definitely on the Elite Sports Podcast.